0: Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. If ever there has been a year when we need to sit and to pause and be thankful, that year is 2020. If you're just joining us on the podcast, we are currently in a series on healing. We started off two episodes ago where we talked about physical healing and how sometimes God heals miraculously. Sometimes he heals through medication. Sometimes he heals our broken hearts when the healing doesn't look like what we expected. And then Casey Jenkins from the Have Hope Will Travel ministry team shared her story of chronic pain. She shared about how she lives counterculturally, and she shares about how God is still good, even in the midst of an undiagnosed pain. And so today, as we think about Thanksgiving, we're going to talk about emotional healing. Because if ever there has been a time when we need it, it is 2020. Because this year has been emotional trauma after emotional trauma, and we are all feeling the pain of that. We all need emotional healing right now. And it comes out differently for different people. So we can offer some grace to the stranger who snapped at us, or we can let someone go ahead of us in line because, well, really we're not in any kind of a rush to get out of the grocery store, other than the fact that it's moderately dangerous to go grocery shopping right now. But sometimes we forget that we're not the first ones who had a hard year. We're not the first ones to be in this hard place. And sure, no one else has ever experienced a pandemic on top of a very controversial election, on top of some racial trauma and racial reconciliation that we're trying to push forward. But other people have experienced hard times too. And a lot of churches have recognized this and a lot of churches have been studying the book of James. Because James is written to Christians scattered across the world being persecuted for their faith. And so at the risk of jumping on the bandwagon, Let's take a look at what James writes. I'm reading the Passion Translation today because sometimes familiar words shared in a fresh way are like, well, I was going to say a nice cool glass of lemonade on a hot summer day, but it's currently blizzarding here in Minnesota, so maybe it's a little bit more like hot chocolate in a blizzard. Whatever kind of drink you need right now. That's what James is offering, and that's what I read when I read the Passion Translation. So, take what you need. Anyway, I'm off topic. All right, James writes, we're in chapter one. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, ooh, hey, that resonates. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Ooh, ouch, that's hard. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. All things, I don't know that I want to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Can we just jump to that end part where nothing missing, nothing lacking? I would like that. That's James 1, 2 through 4, the Passion Translation. And sometimes it feels like we're facing nothing but difficulties. That's kind of what 2020 has felt like. Every time you turn around, you've got some new difficulty. Hey, 2020, didn't realize you were prophesied about in the Bible. That's a joke. But James still says the seasons of nothing but difficulty are a chance to cultivate joy. And I don't know about you, but joy is not exactly the thing that I feel like I'm cultivating right now here in 2020. So let's talk about it. Here's the thing about cultivating joy. It requires effort. It also requires self-acceptance that sometimes you just can't make it happen today. So if that's where you're at today, don't beat yourself up. I'm going to give you some practical ideas, but if you need to just sit where you're at, the Lord loves you. He's wrapping his arms around you and he's sitting here with you right in the midst of where you are. Maybe come back to this episode on a day when you're like, okay, I have a little bit more emotional energy today. I think I can take a step forward and fight for it today. If not, just listen and let the words wash over you. And if something resonates, if the Lord meets you here, praise Jesus, because that's the goal. So don't beat yourself up over it. Not everything I say here is going to work, but also know your own triggers and anticipate them. So you can recognize when you're headed into what I'm going to affectionately call low power mode. My iPhone has this feature called low power mode, where when my battery gets to 20%, I can turn on low power mode and it won't go looking for mail. It won't upload my pictures to the cloud. My apps won't refresh in the background. It's trying to save the power of my battery so my phone doesn't die. That's the whole design of low power mode. So when you're in emotional low power mode, recognize that not everything can happen right now. Maybe you can't do the dishes right now. Maybe you can't solve that problem right now. Maybe you can't respond to that text right now. You are in low power mode and you need to do what it takes to conserve your energy. I had a day of low power mode couple weeks ago. It was what I will affectionately refer to as the Monday of all Mondays. All of the problems were made worse by things that were supposed to solve them. Every time I turned a corner, there was another roadblock. It was hard thing after hard thing after hard thing my entire day. And a phone call came in, and I just couldn't handle it. But it required immediate attention, so I also couldn't say I would call them back. So I needed to ask a coworker to take the call. I said, hey, I can't do this right now. Can you talk to this person and deal with this phone call because I'm at low power mode? And of course, my coworker was happy to do it. It was a little inconvenient for him, but he got over it. And here's the thing, there's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in recognizing that you are in low power mode and that you can't do everything that you normally do. But also, what does it look like to charge your emotional batteries before you hit that low power mode moment? My biggest tip is to make a list of things that make you smile. Things that make you laugh. Things that you're enjoying. So that when you're starting to get cranky or sad or down or whatever low power mode looks like for you, you've got a tangible resource to look at of things that sometimes help. And so I'm going to talk about the things that sometimes help for me But also recognize that what works for me isn't necessarily gonna work for you. The goal here is for you to hear something that works for me and go, oh yeah, sometimes this other thing works for me as well. Because what works for me doesn't work for you and what works for you might not work for me. We've all got our own things that charge our emotional batteries. And so what does it look like to identify our own chargers and to have them on hand for the moments when we need it? These are things like YouTube videos. Movies, songs, photos, things that make you smile. Brene Brown said, joy collected over time fuels resilience, ensuring that we have reservoirs of emotional strength when hard things do happen. Because hard things do happen. And the biggest thing that we need to know when we're in a hard season or we're in a hard year is that the moments when you feel like you're losing are temporary. Sometimes they are a really, really long temporary. They could be a temporary that lasts years. But they are still a temporary. And so what does it look like to have the tools that we need to walk through that temporary season to fight for joy, to find emotional healing and emotional strength? I gave a variation of this talk to some coworkers not that long ago in 2020. And one of the tips that one of my coworkers said is she said, my kids and I get outside every day. We live in Minnesota, y'all. It is not always pleasant to get outside. But she said the days that my kids and I go for a walk on lunch are better days. It doesn't matter if it's raining. It doesn't matter if it's blizzarding. It doesn't matter if it's freezing cold. We get outside, and we might only make it to the mailbox. But we get outside, and we go for a walk, and those are our better days Because just those few minutes of fresh air made a difference. Those few minutes of a change of scenery made a difference. So what does it look like in your life to get outside? To walk out there, to breathe the fresh air, and to say, hey, reset. It's not necessarily something that works for me personally. Because, well, I like to be warm and it's not warm right now. But it helps. And so even if I go check the mail... It's good to get outside. Another thing that you can do is to be curious. Ask questions, learn something new. Explore an idea you've never had before. There is the internet right at your fingertips and I know personally I can get lost in the troves of research. Google is a wonderful tool. Pick something you wanna know more about and learn. Maybe it's how to play guitar. Maybe it's just what happens when such and such happens. Maybe it's how elections work because that's something we've all been learning. Learn, ask questions, be curious. Create something new. What does it look like to create music if you're learning how to play guitar? What does it look like to get a paintbrush out and to paint? Maybe you play with clay. Maybe you just play with words. Create, develop, build. Maybe it's a home improvement project. I don't really know. What does it look like to create What does it look like to move your body? Physically, don't just sit in the same spot all day long. Go for that walk if you can, because it's warm enough or because you're willing to tolerate the negative 20 degree temperatures. You can work out in your house. When I lived abroad, we worked out regularly, even though we had no equipment and often no space. Some days we were doing sit-ups in bed. I don't recommend that, but it works. You've got the space to make it happen You've got the body weight to make it happen. So what does it look like to move your body? What does it look like to laugh? Okay, now laugh harder. Laugh beyond when it's socially acceptable to be laughing at whatever it is that you're laughing at. Don't be rude, of course. But also don't be embarrassed. Because that laughter is healthy. That laughter produces serotonin, a hormone that your body needs to fight depression laugh and laugh again i have a list of funny stories or funny moments that make me laugh some of them i've shared on the internet if we've not connected on instagram you can find me at katie axelson and every wednesday i share what i call a wacky wednesday story quote something that made me smile some of them are funnier than others i will admit some of them are just always funny so if you need a smile pop over to the wacky wednesday highlight on my instagram See if there's something there that makes you smile. And then come back next week, Wednesday, and the week after that, and the week after that. Because it is a discipline for me to find something funny every week. But sometimes I'll come across a quote that may be years old, and it'll have me laughing hysterically again. And I don't even fight the laughter. It's a little weird if I'm sitting in my house laughing at a piece of journal from 20 years ago, not usually 20 years ago, But it's good because that laughter is so healthy and that laughter is so needed. It's part of finding power in the little things. Brene Brown said, I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me if I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude. It's right in front of me. It's right here. What does it look like to finding it right here in front of me? She mentions practicing gratitude. Listing things you're thankful for is a great way to build emotional health and to build emotional stability. But for me personally, when I'm in low power mode, if you ask me to list things I'm thankful for, I would rather eat chalk. It doesn't work. But if I recognize that I'm headed into low power mode, listing things I'm thankful for is one of the things that can cut me off at the pass. It charges my batteries. I just need to do it at the right time. I can't wait until I'm too crabby or too sad or too down or whatever. Maybe listing things you're thankful for doesn't help you. Maybe it's making a list of things you're proud of. Maybe it's a list of things that made you smile or things that made you laugh. Maybe it's a list of happy memories, a list of things that you enjoy, a list of ways that you have been blessed. Because a lot of times, That blessing is right there in front of us, but we don't recognize it until we're looking for it. Several years ago, back when we were allowed to travel, I had overscheduled myself for a week. That's just the best way to put it. I was nannying five kids, and at 5 o'clock in the morning on Monday morning, the smoke alarms went off. So I had five children in their pajamas, barefoot, standing on the front porch, 45 degrees, The smoke detectors are going off inside their house. Oh, and their parents are out of the country and completely unreachable. Whew, it was a woof day. And then I finally got them all back to bed because there was no actual fire. We were all safe. Needless to say, Miss Katie did not go back to sleep that day. But Miss Katie did go to work that day. And then Miss Katie picked up the parents from their international flight at like one o'clock in the morning that night. And then Miss Katie went to bed. And then Miss Katie went to work the whole next day. And then the next day, Miss Katie flew to Georgia. And when I got to Georgia, I was exhausted. I knew I was seeing some friends and I was going to be able to pull energy from them. But I had intended to sleep on the flight and my seat buddy would not stop talking. So that didn't happen. And it was the first time that I'd ever rented a car. And back when I learned how to drive, I drove all sorts of different cars, but I'm a single adult. I drive one car and one car only. So when my dad booked my rental car, he said something similar to a Toyota Corolla, which is the kind of car I was driving at the time. And I show up to National Rental Car or Hertz or whoever it was. And they said, yeah, we don't have anything that's like a Corolla or a Camry or anything, but these are the cars you've got. So they walked me out to give me my choice of cars. And they said, you should take this one. And they pointed to a yellow Fiat, this yellow SUV. I have never driven an SUV in my life. And they said, you should take that one. All your friends will r- want to ride. I like being cool so I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll drive this bright yellow Fiat. All right, cool. So, here I am, exhausted, driving through Atlanta, which is not a city you ever want to drive in exhausted, but you know, it's fine. So, I'm driving this rental car from the Atlanta airport, so there's no chance for me to like get to know the car. It's like, boom, you're on the freeway. Now, go. And I'm driving and I'm exhausted. And I was not even out of the Atlanta city limits yet when I recognized that that car was having a positive influence on my energy. I could see the bright yellow hood and it made me smile. All of a sudden I had the confidence to navigate the Atlanta traffic. All of a sudden I had the ability to keep going. I had the energy that I needed to get to where I was headed that day. I was still exhausted when I got there. My friends still said, either you're going to this event tonight or you're going out to breakfast tomorrow. You are not doing both, you are too tired. Yeah, thank you friends. That was actually really, really good. But that yellow Fiat changed my emotional strength. That yellow Fiat changed what I could do that day. I affectionately refer to that yellow Fiat as the sunshine car. And while, of course, it was only a rental, so after a couple days I had to go give it back, I've never forgotten what the sunshine car has done to me. And so now I look for moments like the sunshine car moments of finding smiles in little places and hard places just like that. The sunshine car showed me that color matters. Color has a positive impact on my emotional health, especially bright colors. I don't know if you've seen pictures of my house on Instagram, but I have decorated my house with bright colors. I have a very bright wardrobe because color is positive for me and it helps. I've also paid attention to who around me is an energy suck and who around me is a positive energy dealer there are some people who are energy sucks that I cannot eliminate from my life. They're my relatives, or they're my coworkers, or they're just in my life and I can't do anything about it. But I can pay attention to what I'm bringing to the conversation and what I'm taking away from the conversation. I can pay attention to have i been sitting next to this person for too long? Am I picking up their attitude instead of carrying my own? I had a moment a couple weeks ago where I was cranky at work. And one of my coworkers was making fun of me and he goes, what, you mean you were like 95% energetic instead of a full 100%? And I was like, I mean, if that's what you want to see it as, I think I was well crankier than 95%, but okay. And so I went for a walk. I got out of my workspace and I went somewhere else. And in those 15 minutes, I fought for joy. I fought for what was it going to look like to make the afternoon better than the morning. I fought for what is it gonna look like to move forward from here? And we don't always have that luxury to leave a hard situation and to come back, but what does it look like to fight and to know the weapons in your pocket to be ready? One of the weapons in my pocket is my coworker, Tracy. If I'm having a bad day, I just go sit next to Tracy. We don't even need to talk about it. I just need to sit next to Tracy for two or three minutes and my attitude has completely turned around. Tracy is a huge source of peace for me. So sitting next to Tracy makes my world a better place. And So who are the people in your world that hanging out with them or spending time with them or just being in their presence is going to help you create a positive emotional health? Who is going to help you move forward? Surround yourself with the people who make you smile rather than the people who freed into you- who feed into your crankiness or your sadness or the hardness. We can't choose our co-workers. We can't usually choose whose desk is next to ours. But on my bad days, I know I can't sit next to certain people. On my bad days, I know that I have to go find Tracy. And it works. One of the other things that I know helps for me is my friend Jim's blog. And I have to put a content warning on Jim's blog because, well, it's an ER blog. You get what you signed up for. But I know when I'm having a bad day, a simple story will probably pull me out of it. Not every story. It's an ER blog. There are really heavy stories. Not every story. It's an ER blog. There are stories that are probably inappropriate for me as a single woman to be reading. But a funny story will pull me out of whatever is going on that day. And I want to read a piece to you. That Jim wrote in the context of 2020, in the context of the pandemic, in the context of the election. He's in Pennsylvania, by the way. And it says, on every level, each of us are in some need of healing. We are guilty of letting ourselves become immersed in negativity and conflict. Our minds are tumultuous and our spirits deflated and our bodies are broken down. We need rest. It is time to begin the healing. It is time to step out of the unrest and the exhaustion and the negativity. It is time to step into the hope and positive actions of returning our society to one kindness of one acceptance of unwavering support and of unity. It is time to calm our minds, buoy our spirits, and nourish our bodies. How can we thrive once again? Try opening your heart back up to being unselfish and doing random acts of kindness. Choose compassion and forgiveness when you feel inflamed. Choose to celebrate once again another person for the whole of their goodness, rather than focus on their differences from you. Choose civility and love, rather than hostility and hate. With focused energy on your conscious choices, you'll make our path to healing a smoother one. We all have basic wants and needs that interweave us to one another, no matter how hard we try to distance ourselves. We all have a voice and want to be heard. We all want respect, happiness, to feel included, and to be part of something bigger and to have our dreams and needs fulfilled. We all need love, compassion, acceptance, and an opportunity to better ourselves. If we recognize that our basic wants and needs are the same as the person standing behind us in the grocery store line, no matter our differences, we will heal. It's time to begin your healing, because the more healing you do for yourself, the more healing you do for me and for the rest of us. Say it again for the people in the back. No one's saying this is easy. We're all saying that this is hard, but we're in it together. And so we're fighting together for what does it look like to bring emotional healing to every single one of us right now, right here in 2020. Because y'all freaked out last time I quoted Jesus and Harry Potter, I'm going to do it again. Dumbledore said, happiness can be found in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. So my challenge for you today is what does it look like to turn on the light in your world? What does it look like to play, to create, to have resources that are going to make you laugh, to know who the people are who are going to feed you positive energy? What does it look like to recognize that, hey, maybe today I just can't do it? But tomorrow is a new day. So I'm going to lay today aside when I go to bed. I'm not going to keep stewing on that conversation. I'm going to write down anything that I need to say and I'm going to fall asleep because tomorrow is a new morning and scripture says that God's mercies are new every morning, that's Lamentations 3 and if tomorrow it's not any better, well guess what the next day is another new day, there's a whole new set of mercies waiting for you the day after tomorrow and if you're noticing that tomorrow's not getting better and tomorrow's not getting better and tomorrow's not getting better talk to someone Start with a trusted friend. Go see a counselor. We've talked about counseling here at Have Hope Will Travel. We are a big fan of counseling. Do what it takes to take care of yourself. And do what it takes to find emotional healing so that you can move forward. Psalm 34 says, practice being at peace. What does it look like to practice being at peace today? What does it look like to practice joy today? What does it look like to practice laughter today one discipline that works for me one of my friends gave me a calendar last December I haven't used a paper calendar in like five years she gave me a paper calendar and I said what am I going to do with this and on my calendar every single day I write down something that I'm proud of or something that I enjoyed that particular day it could be simple things like I got a really good deal on a new pair of shorts Or it could be more profound things. Like, this conversation was really, really hard, but I didn't shy away from it. Find something that you're proud of. Another discipline that I do is I list out the fruit of the Spirit every day. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. I think I missed one. Either way. I list them all out. And then I write down some moment from that day that demonstrated that particular attribute. It was kind for that person to let me cut ahead of them on the road. I found joy when I retold that story for Wacky Wednesday. I experienced patience when I didn't get angry when that bad thing happened. I experienced self control when I chose to eat a healthy dinner instead of eating popcorn. And then I look through my day and reflect, and all of a sudden, wasn't nearly as bad as I thought maybe it was. So what does it look like for you? Find the tools that are going to work for you. We've listed a lot of things here and they're not all going to work. But some of them will. And some of them will remind you of other things and share those with me over on Instagram at Katie Axelson because I want to hear. Let's build a list of ways that we're fighting for emotional health together. But Before you go, if you're listening to this podcast on one and a half speed, first of all, I'm really impressed and I want to know who you are because I know that I talk fast. So well done. Second of all, you might want to dial it back a notch and close your eyes. Unless you're driving, please don't close your eyes if you're driving. I want you to think about something you enjoy. Maybe it's a simple cup of coffee. Maybe it's a funny memory. Maybe it's when you were a kid climbing a tree. Maybe it's playing with your kids. I want you to picture the scene in your head. If you're having a hard time coming up with a scene, I'm riding a jet ski, so you're welcome to ride along with me. Now I want you to let your imagination run with it. It's okay if what you're picturing didn't actually happen. My jet ski can only find good waves right now. There are no other boats on the lake. I don't even have to look around and be careful. I have the whole lake to myself. The sun is on my face. The spray of the water on my skin is warm. It is a beautiful summer day. If your picture changes and it goes to a different positive memory, just roll with it. Savor every sip of that hot coffee. Notice the details. What are you hearing? What are you smelling? Who's with you? What are you feeling? Ah, oh, that sun is so gorgeous. That spray of the water is so refreshing. If you're up for it, where is Jesus? He's sitting behind me on the jet ski laughing in my ear, encouraging me to keep going and pointing out the waves that I didn't see that we are going to thoroughly enjoy. Let your brain continue to run. It's okay to let your inspiration go wild. Be creative. What do you wish happened? Keep going. Keep following that memory. Don't let any kind of bad moments or poor jet ski experiences try to pop in. Stay with the positive moment. Don't shame yourself if you can't find Jesus. That's not gonna help anything. Focus on your positive memory. And if he wants to reveal himself to you, he will. That's called Holy Spirit. He dwells in you. Enjoy your positive moment. This is a place that you can come back to when life gets busy or when the next 2020 crisis hits. Come back to this memory even if it's just for a moment and put the smile back on your face because God is still good even right now in the midst of 2020. So as you're enjoying your positive memory with Psalm 150, we're still in the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His holy sanctuary. Praise Him in His stronghold in the sky. Praise Him for His mercies of might. Praise Him for His magnificent greatness. Praise Him with trumpets blasting. Praise Him with piano and guitar. Praise Him with drums and dancing. Praise Him with loud, resounding clash of cymbals. Praise Him with every instrument you can find. Let everyone, everywhere, join in the crescendo of ecstatic praise to Yahweh. Alleluia, praise the Lord. Take a look at Psalm 150. Praise Him, and then it lists a bunch of different ways to praise God. So take some of the things that have resonated with you from this episode and add them to that scripture as if you're writing it for yourself. Personalize it in your own way. Praise God with creativity and with play. Praise God with singing and dancing. Praise God with joy and laughter. Praise God with Wacky Wednesday. Praise God with every instrument of my emotional life that I can Let me right now where I am join in the crescendo of ecstatic praise to Yahweh, because he is worthy and he is good. Even when I can't see it, even when I can't feel it, even when my life is really hard, God is still good and he is still worthy of my praise today. Today, right now in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of racial reconciliation, in the middle of an unknown election. Praise God. Thanks for listening, my friend. I know that this was not an easy episode, and I thank you for listening to it, for fighting for emotional healing, for fighting for joy, for looking at what is it going to look like to move forward. My prayer is that you encountered the Lord so that you know that you are not alone, that he is with you, that I am with you. Send the episode to a friend and say, hey, this was helpful to me. I am with you. I hope it's helpful for you as well. Leave a rating, leave a review. That's how other people are going to find it as well. Be blessed, my friends, and we'll see you again in two weeks.